welcome to episode 10 of Bad Dad's Film Reviews. Point of fact, I have now, 2020 is season two, so we're now on episode three, <laughs> I think. Okay, so season two, episode three. Wow. Possibly four. Or, or, or maybe four. <laughs> the professionalism. So, yeah, I thanks. I know. We're in a second season. Meg, I think you're still on season one, to be honest. I am, definitely. How do we make it season because two? Because when we upload them, it says, it asks for season and episode. It's optional, but I thought as we'd moved into the new year, I would go for season two. All right. So then season can, two, episode three or four. Then it would make it sound like we're really professional. Yeah. <laughs> it's working. Apart, all apart from the content. <laughs> So it's Reeks, hi, Sidey, hello, and Anonymous Meek, bye, the man of mystery. I am fucking amped for this week because it was a great nomination, film-wise. Okay. <laughs> Just to <laughs> make that absolutely clear. <laughs> well, why don't we... A um... couple of points to clear up before we get going. Yes. We have a couple of top fives to nail. Okay, what top fives are they, Sidey? We didn't finish the top, or we didn't announce who was nominated for the top five birds. Okay. Who was it? You didn't mention it before. Uh, Kevin from Up. Yeah. Which I think is a good shout. He's a decent bird. Yeah. He's tits aren't very good. Terrible no. tits. But, terrible tits. Good bird. But good in the in the bird sense. And we yeah. also had asked for worst parents. Yes. We had a couple of nominations. I think we were going to go with the best, the case that was put forward. Yeah. Which was... Well, the best two nominations were the mum from Uncle Buck... And the crack parent or the heroin parent junkies from yeah. train spotting. Now, I feel there's a bit of disagreement amongst the bad dads. Who do you think, Sidey, is the worst? Well, I know I agree that the Uncle Buck was just an annoying character, whereas the, the you know the um, the smacker parents obviously were fundamentally bad. Yeah, it's just that the voting. Yeah, the better case was put forward. The more reasoned argument. It, the other one was. Just the smack case. Another one was they actually put forth the good, good so case. So I feel that on the basis of people interaction, that should be who we go for. Okay. Well, how do you feel about that, Meek? They let their child die. Who, who, Uncle yeah. Buck's parents. Yeah. Right. So, there you go. Thanks, listener. I think we're going with Uncle Buck. Well, but the mum from Uncle Buck, not Uncle Buck himself, who turned out to be good. Spoiler alert. New top five. Yep. This week, we decided we we're going to talk about not films themselves, but their soundtracks. Amazing. Something a bit different. Yeah. I'm amped for this because when I started thinking about it, I came up with loads. Yeah. I've got quite a few. Yeah. Meg? Since when did you start using the word amped? I just chucked it in before because I think that's what young people might say. I, psyched, I could say psyched. I'm psyched for it. Yeah. It's just, I don't know how to spell that. So if I want to use it as a status update. Rad? D- does like anybody rad. say rad anymore? Yeah, I do. I say yeah. rad quite a lot. Rad. In rad. any case. Rad dad. Top five rad soundtracks. So I'm going to shoot from the hip. Go for it. Right out the gate. Yeah. Oh brother, where art thou? Yeah, I've got that as well. It's Amazing. a fucking masterpiece. And just to, to prove it, I actually went out and bought this one. Yeah, I've got it as well. Yeah, so. <laughs> uh, the, now, the, the interesting thing, because it's, it's so brilliant. good. I mean, the main tune. The only good bit is the main tune. No. no. Well, what's the rest of it then? There's a great little solo guitar bit. You know the guy that sold his soul and he was a great... Yeah, yeah. He does a solo song and it's fucking brilliant. C-16 or something. No. He's the guy who sold his soul to the devil to play mean guitar. Yeah. And also it's got Harry McClintock's Big Rock Candy Mountain, but most of it was an original... So the interesting thing about this is, of course, the Coen brothers doing everything in a completely amazing way. So the soundtrack was completely conceived as a major component of the film, not merely 
as like a supporting or background sort of. It's supposed to be a character in the film. And they actually decided to record the soundtrack before filming so that they had it, you know, access yeah. to the, the musical journey of the, the soggy, film all the way through. Soggy Bottom Boys, isn't it? Soggy Bottom Boys, yeah. Alison Krauss, Down to the River and Pray, Keep on the Sunny Side, great tunes. And this blew up, this soundtrack. It was a yeah. big, big hit. Yeah, definitely. So was Frozen Tea, probably more so, or Frozen. So, so you, yeah, well, do you want to talk well, about probably, that? Well, it probably did have more numbers, yeah. You're right. It's a pretty good soundtrack as well. Frozen's a good soundtrack, Frozen 2. I've, the, I've heard the, it the, enough. The soggy bottom, soggy bottom Boys tune was cool. Yeah. Have you seen this film? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Fucking hell. It's a good really call. good film. Kudos to you. That's like right up there in my Probably top films. Top ten? Well, I was gonna say top three wow. Cohen Brother films. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, okay. Wait, so it. you're you're punting for Frozen? No, I just I just don't think it's that great. I think there's better soundtracks out there. Okay. Well hit, this hit is your chance up. to tell us what you think. Frozen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I've listened to that a lot, and it is pretty good. And Frozen too. Yeah. Uh, la la la. Are we talking about the whole soundtrack? So we're just looking for like standout. Cool well, tunes? I'm personally thinking about the whole soundtrack. Me too. But otherwise, just it's just one hit wonders. Most of them. So so most of the Disney musicals then they're going to smash pants up. Yep. Well, I've got Lion King down here. Big Elton out, John. Big Elton fan. Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer frame. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is a really good soundtrack that complements the movie beautifully and has some really good songs in it as well yeah La La Land. yeah i've just listened to that non-stop for about the last two of the songs of the soundtrack were oscar nominated on that one and one won it didn't it really which ones well i think city of stars won and then the other one where she sang in her audition that was also nominated uh, the lady gaga one was 10 times better star is born yeah haven't seen it I haven't seen that either and I probably I mean, will is that your nomination next time around <laughs> maybe I don't know I do want to see it really good yeah you like, I like a bit of Brad- and the soundtrack's good Bradley Cooper yeah it? yeah amazing like, I mean this is your opportunity to talk about the soundtrack in in any kind of detail it's like Eddie Vedder oh here we go is it is it it's a little bit it's like, it's like a sort of country Eddie Vedder that Bradley Cooper plays right Lady Gaga being his kind of Courtney Love, I think, maybe. Well, on that set, I put down one that I thought that you would like, that I did really like at the time. I put this down especially for you, Meeg. Oh, so See, like Transformers or something? No, it's Singles. Remember that? The oh, 90s yeah. movie, and it had a really what? good grunge soundtrack. Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Spoonman. Mud Honey, oh, no, um, Temple what of the Dogs, Stone Temple Pilots. It's, it's a, it's so a sort Temple of rom-com thing yeah, set Honey. in. With all that music. In. Yeah. Yeah. The, the soundtrack was just off the Richter scale. It was. It was really good and was, you know, a central component of my youth. Yeah, indeed. It was It was a CD that got bought and was worthy of being bought. Yeah. Never watched the film. What was the name of the dude from Stone Temple Pilots? Lanes. Oh, Scott Whelan. He's yeah. dead now, I yeah, think. Yeah, died, yeah. And then the other and guy's so dead as well Lane from Alice in Chains, well. Lane Staley. Yeah. So all of, the, all of the songs that were on there were different they weren't on a so they were written they specifically for the film they yeah weren't just, okay. they weren't on a band so it wasn't a greatest hit like in effect no oh, that's cool i like that yeah it was really good there you go there was obviously then a, a similar although they weren't written for the film but train sporting was like a ubiquitous got that down here as well yeah. i didn't write it down for my list because i didn't particularly like it oh really no what the movie no the soundtrack uh, it the was just too many like it was you know i rally against the like super popular stuff so it was just that everyone had it 
Yeah. And then you end up, when I listened to Passenger, I'll skip Lust for Life because it just had it too many times and it was just a bit too... But as a soundtrack, though, it, it really it puts capture, you in the time, didn't it? The sort of... Because um, not many film soundtracks people would go out and buy. Or, exactly. Or this, but this one was a real massive one. And it really helped set the scene of Lust for so Life. So Slippy, Underworld yeah, and Lust for Life. Mile yeah, End, sure. Pulp. Yeah, yeah, sure. oh, it's got some left field on it as well. Ooh, yeah, definitely. Ooh, okay, oh, that one's in. Top Gun. Is it? Okay. Top Top Gun. Okay. No, Which... because this is what. Well, okay, but this this is one of the ones that I'm referring to as like being a bit of a one hit because you just had that silly bitch singing whatever it was. Take my breath yeah. away. You don't know that. It was actually a bit like Soggy Bottom Boys. So <laughs> oh I, I heard God. that. I heard that uh, Michael Bay when he wrote. <laughs> Top Gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you are you amped for the quite, sequel? He spent quite a lot of time thinking about the soundtrack and how he could put explosions and yeah. motorbikes. And I I've got a level with you. I've never seen Top Gun. Oh well, wow! I, no, I watched the first twenty minutes. I turned it off because it was utter shite. So, so not not only not did you not make it have Take My Breath Away. You also have Tom Cruise playing well, something here. on the piano. So I'm not going to tell you what it is because okay. you don't know. I can't remember, but also just to give you a bit of suspense when you actually watch it. I'm not going to. You, there's a volleyball scene in it that you yeah, really know, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you would like that. Yeah, okay, well, no, I'm, I don't know. Meeg introduced the concept of vetoes last week, so I, I'm going to veto Top Gun. Well, let's find out. We might not get four better. I've got some more. Okay, well, good. Tron Legacy. Now, I know that yeah. you really liked the um, scene with Olivia Wilde it's on the sofa. It's still, really. But <laughs> the, the soundtrack is absolutely yeah. bona fide. Daft Punk. I know it is. There's one, um, there's one particular track. Recogniser. No. Fuck, I can't think Son of it. Flynn. No, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, it's the one they play. Oh, when, D-Rest. Yeah, D-Rest. D-Rest. And uh, my daughter fucking loves it. And yeah. when we're in the car, she asked for us to crank it, and it is an absolute banger. Your daughter has... The best mm. taste in music. Much that is a good shout. I hadn't even thought of that. D-Rez, that's really, really good. Veto. <laughs> well, <laughs> On the basis of what, though? I think it might... It. I think even without a veto, I think it might get bumped because yeah. there's some really good, good there's stuff. There's loads of really good ones we haven't even mentioned yet. Purple Rain? Yeah, of course. What do you mean, Purple Rain? A Prince. song, not a film. Right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where to go with that. Yeah. Because it is a film. It's it a film. It is a film. It's a film called Purple Rain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it, it is dreadful, but yeah, the film is. Mm, so I th- I th- but it has when doves cry. On exactly, it. which is it's like ten out of ten. The great, one of the greatest Prince songs, and obviously Purple Rain. Yeah, and, Purple Rain. and when doves cry is a brilliant line by Milhouse. I think to make yeah. <laughs> I think to make it in this list, you should be. You should, you should have heard of it before tonight. Well, I just think you should be a decent film as well as a as one well as a. Okay, Good Will Hunting. Well, what songs from that? Well, it's all Elliot Smith. Oh, Who's I Elliot do. Smith? Oh, you'd like him. You'd really Smith. like him. He's a brilliant singer-songwriter. Killed himself in yeah. a fucking really awful way. Yes, absolutely horrendous. himself to yeah. death. He, so I think he put a knife something, against his chest and then something fell a little, into the wall. Like something out of Hellboy. Stabbed himself through the heart. Fucking awful. But his music you is incredible. You would really like it. And the, the, the soundtrack perfectly works in the film. He had an original song written for the closing scene, which was nominated for an Oscar and fucking lost out to... Go on. <laughs> Celine Dion. Oh, heart will go on. Sadly, which ironically was how he killed himself. Put films in and that. So that was for me. That was the first time I'd heard his music, and that was a sort of launchpad into listening to all of his stuff, which is just brilliant, fucking incredible. Yeah. So for me, that is an absolute nailed on set. So if you're going to sort of talk about films in that ilk, where I suppose singer songwriters have written a 
soundtrack, you've got Eddie Vedder doing Into the Wild. Okay. I did that? like that film. Yeah, I did as well. So the film was they pretty, all died at the end. Yeah. Well, he died at the end. It was yeah. one of them, yeah. yeah. Um, Good so, weight loss. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was a reasonably intense film and the soundtrack. I don't remember the soundtrack I was about to say, exactly, yeah, I can't remember, particularly remember the soundtrack. But amazing songs on that soundtrack. Please revisit. Oh, wow. Man, even while we're talking, I'm thinking of loads of them because Danny Boyle always has, like, 127 Hours is a really good soundtrack and it's got Sigur um, Ross at the point where he actually... Like the moment where he actually oh, cuts through his arm, mm. breaks into, I can't even pronounce the name. Oh, I'll give you a best Icelandic. It truly lives here for you. But um, it's just this unbelievable moment of tension resolving around this amazing tune. And we actually played, did we play that one at our wedding? We played the one off the same album. Off, Is uh, it the one with the Spaces we on cover? No, it's oh, okay. the one with the, it's the Hufufle. <laughs> it's like blue with wavy stuff on it. It's oh, brilliant okay. as well. But yeah, then, and the Slumdog Millionaire actually had a really good soundtrack, as did Millions. So all Danny Boyle's films have really good Shane soundtracks, Hay. actually. So do Tarantino films? Yeah. Well, I've got Pulp Fiction down yeah, here. Yeah, Pulp Fiction. That well, was well, another one. What that, songs were good in Pulp Fiction? Well, yeah, Jovacool was the one yeah. that kind of made them famous. And then there was... You Never Can Tell, Chuck Berry. Yeah, I, I could admit, actually, the other thing that was quite cool about the Pulp Fiction and the Reservoir Dogs one is you always had that little radio yeah. intro skit stuff yeah. in between it. Well, Tarantino it is nearly as much of a music nerd as he is a film well, nerd. Well, yeah, you say that, and I always thought that, but then he was on Gonzo on um, MTV, whatever it was, Yeah, with that Kiwi fella. Zane Lowe? Yeah. And he had him on and he was saying, oh, you, you know, your films are always really great. You know, your soundtracks are always really great. And then so had, you know, what, you just listen to stuff and you think, oh, that'd be good. And he's, yeah, yeah. And saying, so what are, you, what are you sort of into now? And he goes, oh, I really like Maroon 5. And you're like, oh, oh no. someone, someone else is picking all this music and it's fucking nothing to do with you. Wow. So that, and I was like, oh, man, that's disappointing. I d- well, maybe he was trolling. I don't think so. he, just, he just sort of gave himself away as like there's some and he also did that really cynical thing with the one, oh, fucking what are they called Fun Loving Criminals where they sampled him and he made them he sued them and made them give a, 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 a yeah a co-write credit when he, he had fuck all to do with it other than the film that it was yeah, cribbing and sampled yeah, so, like, well, because people go oh he co-wrote that song and like, no he didn't he just fucking lawyers got involved yeah. so, so, so two okay what two over one yeah no one <laughs> Well, what well, what songs are you thinking of? Um, Power of Brown Love. Power of Love. Yep. That was number one. So you had you had Huey Lewis. That was Huey Lewis. The news. Huey Lewis. And they were in the film. They were in well. the film. Yeah. They, they were, were one the, of the bands that gets. Uh, no, they were the they were like the music teachers judging the audition. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And he's like next on the big megaphone. Yeah. Yeah. No, so no, that no. was a nice time. And then you get the um, Johnny Be Good at the end. Yeah. Michael yep. J. Fox actually playing it. Was, was he actually playing? Actually playing it. Yeah. I feel like you're making that up on the spot. Is it McFly actually playing it? Yeah. Pretend. What about... I'm walking here. <laughs> what about Guardians of the Galaxy? Because the whole film was built around... Yeah, the it's concept. a good soundtrack. Yeah. It's a good soundtrack. Yeah, I'll put Guardians of the Galaxy in. I've got um, This Is Spinal Tap, but... So have I. I'm <laughs> taking it out. I'm suggesting it, but I'm taking it out because the official soundtrack I found today when doing some research doesn't have Lick My Love Pump on it. No, but it does have tonight. We're going to rock you tonight. 
Yeah. Stonehenge. So earlier on, I was up at the cemetery and there's a grave just across the way and it's got the like mini Stonehenge thing on it. Brilliant. <laughs> that's like, that's fucking that's cool. a spinal tap. Yeah. It's amazing. It's got to go in. So it has to be spinal tap. Okay. And the cover of the official soundtrack album is the cover that they show you in the film of the fictional album Smell the Glove. <laughs> Uh, shark sandwich yeah all <laughs> that <laughs> shit sandwich <laughs> can't say that so do you think is it Spinal Tap that's brought your love of Steel Panther or started your love yeah. of Steel Panther it certainly informed it yeah so there's um, some other really cool stuff so there was ones I want to mention because I actually went out and got them which must have meant I liked them so Swingers I fucking love that yeah Lost in Translation yeah I had that on lots of different formats because I went out and bought different collectible things of it so i had it on vinyl i had it on this box set thing that came with sheets from the hotel that the film was set in all right and it had like the other you know, the mints they put on the pillow and stuff so that's in a box somewhere did you ever do the gordon ramsay like or the home away, no light? Um, so how about <laughs> so if you've got the stains you talking about soundtracks well i wanted then. to make some more points about lost in translation soon it's one of my favorite films well it was, it's related okay so it made me think of sing so <laughs> how is that related the scar joe's in it oh okay and okay, she sings yeah. So she is the hedgehog in Sing. Is she? That plays the guitar. And she's got an amazing voice. She's a rock uh, Taron Egerton sings Taron Egerton's the an Elton John up. song in that. And yeah. then went on to play Elton John yeah, in Rocket Man. Card, yeah. Yeah. Indeed. And there's some amazing quality tunes in that. In Sing? Yeah. Yeah, there are. It's a, it's a good soundtrack. Go and on, side. You like you're champing at the bit. Lost in Translation features a lot of My Bloody Valentine. Yes. So, well, not a lot, but a couple of songs. But it also features new original music from Kevin Shields, who hadn't done anything since, like, 91, when Loveless came out by My Bloody Valentine. And so that was his first new music yeah. original recording. Um, it was brilliant. I've never heard of these people. Well, they're, you, great, they're pretty great. You yeah. should go and listen to some of this stuff. Yeah, I might do. Search and Destroy. Um, Air were on it, as were Square Pusher. On what? Lost in Translation soundtrack. I listened to it today in preparation for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just and Just Like Honey by the Jesus yeah. and Mary Chain. Yeah, and Phoenix. I think it was clear. I just don't think it makes it into the top five, though. It's yeah. not like a film that's renowned for its soundtrack, is it? Yeah. Okay, well, about, no, it totally about, is, actually, because it, it, um, it won loads of awards and stuff. Okay, soundtrack. well, what about... Yeah. This, these are, I mean, emphatically known for the soundtrack. Hard Day's Night or Help by the Beatles. Yeah, of course, yeah. Star Wars. You're just going <laughs> to brush over the Beatles like that. Beatles are good. Thanks. And those are two top quality, mm. funny films with really good soundtracks. Okay, let's put them in. Well, that takes up to six. Uh, I also wanted to mention Life Aquatic with Steve Zuzu. Yeah. Because the score's done by Devo, who I love, and it's got Scott Walker on it, which is fucking brilliant. American Graffiti. Yeah. Goodfellas. Yeah, I've got Goodfellas. Boogie Nights. Friday. So that's got um, Friday, obviously, by Ice Cube. Keep Their Heads Ringing, Dr. Dre, Two Live Crew. That's a great soundtrack, Friday soundtrack. What about next Friday? I don't. I have seen it, and I remember Tiny Lister. Snoop. And okay. the, the last one, that, and I, it, I guarantee this isn't on your list, I'm Snoop almost certain. Rocky Four. <laughs> Hearts on Fire, Burning Heart, Eye of the Tiger, Living in America, No Easy Way Out. These are all amazing tunes. Is that Eye of the Tiger only Rocky Four? I, I think, think it was on all of them. But the Passenger, Burning Heart. Who did Who did Eye of the Tiger? It'll come to me. Hang on. No, it won't. I didn't have anything else. Oh no, I did. Sorry, I had uh, High Fidelity. Yes. Yeah, I haven't got that, but yes, that was a great set. Really, yeah. really good. And also, The Graduate was massively famous. Yeah, Mrs. Robinson. Love it. Simon Garfunkel. Yep. 
So now I'm thinking... Oh, and one more, just because I've got Man of Steel. I know the popular one is The Dark Knight Rises of Hans Zimmer's sort of DC stuff, but Man of Steel, I love it. It's got this non-stop thunderous drumming all the way through it, and there's two tunes right at the end called Flight and What Are You Doing When You're Not Saving the World that are just like, you know, hair on the back of your ass stuff. <laughs> so... So if we go Friday, this is Spinal Tap. Tron Legacy. Yep. No. No? Frozen. Yeah, I'd put I'd put maybe Lost in Translation over Tron Legacy. You've not even heard it. <laughs> the eyes. Yeah, the eyes. The eyes I'm happy for it to go in. So I'd rather okay. have Tron Legacy. I'm just thinking that we cover off all the genres. Yeah. Right, so Friday, that's got us some hip-hop. Yeah. This is Spinal Tap. Yeah. We can rock out. Lost in Translation. Okay. It is really good. I know Brother Where Art, though. Yes. But we've talked about some really good soundtracks here. Plenty of food for thought for our yeah. listeners. And I'll bet there's lots we've missed. Well, of course, there's, we've talked about probably 30 films. I yeah. think there's more than 30 films. Let's talk about our main feature, Riggs. It was your nomination. Yeah. What did you go for? Well, I wanted. we've had quite a lot of genre fare recently, mm-hmm. so I wanted to bring us back to something slightly different and <laughs> absolutely the epitome of a film that I missed that I really desperately wanted to see when I was too busy raising children because this mm-hmm. was released about the same time as the birth of my yeah, yeah. <laughs> about the, the, the about the same time as the birth of my same. youngest and uh, I missed this film I really wanted to see it. it the film was La La Land so La La Land is the story of two aspiring artists um, jazz musician yeah Seb, Sebastian, yeah, and Mia, actress Mia, played by Emma Stone, and their story. Well, I mean, to delve, there's not. I mean, it's quite a simple story. It is a simple story. It seems like a a a romance, uh, but it doesn't it doesn't play out potentially the way that you might expect. And it's a fucking great movie. I really love this. Uh, It got me in the feels, man. The ending, that bittersweet ending. Um, Yeah, but the music was top quality in this. You're laughing already, Meg. <laughs> what's what's? It's going- just getting into full troll mode. Yeah, you. What are you doing? <laughs> so are you watched it because I forced you to watch it. I bribed you with Sunday lunch, and you came around and we watched it. Yeah, I have to say, I thought it was one of the best films I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him! Look at him! Go on. Why was it? One what of was the your best favorite? Films? What was your favorite moment in it? What What I really liked is just bang from the start. There was color. There was lots of color. It lots was great. of color. Yeah. There was. Just, it was like. A Jose Gonzalez, sort of, you know, do you remember that? I do. I, I think it was an advert. It was an advert. The balls. And they just threw all the, kind of, oh, yeah. all, all the yeah. bouncing balls everywhere down the street, and you got. Yeah. Like, it was that kind of colour level. I was trying to work out if there was some symbolism attached to the different colours that were being used. I, but I couldn't really. Didn't pick up on anything. And it was dancing, they were just dancing on top of their cars and around their cars, and they were all Yeah, so, so that, that's a famous bit of road, so you know that? Happy. Yes. That, that that ramp, that on-ramp yeah. or off-ramp, whichever one it was, is the same ramp that the bus had to jump across in speed. In speed Do you yeah. know what? That just makes it all so much better, it's doesn't good, it? 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 It just adds extra dimension. So it's got a lot of range, that, that road. Yeah. What it, you're saying positive things, but all I yeah. can feel is I can feel the troll coming, and I don't know. There's no troll. It's just, it's just, it, was, it was really, really good from Bang On. It just started, I was hooked... Um, the songs just were just phenomenal. See if I, I mean, can call a... up some of your messages. <laughs> <laughs> the songs, so the songs are just top top draw, weren't they? Really, I, I mean that first one, 
Another day in the sun. Yeah, it just makes you want to dance. So this was uh, Damien Chazelle, writer of the two music-themed thrillers Grand Piano and, of course, Can we the just revert? Movie because I just want to clarify Whitlash. something. I noted that we watched the film, and on that particular day that we all watched it, it was Damien Chazelle's birthday. Wow. Serendipity. Yeah. And me came back with, what a C, what was he thinking? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure that you were super into it. So this was the homage to the 40s and 50s musicals. Um, Lots of nods to things like Casablanca and... uh, Yeah, they meant that right, mentioned it, didn't they? Yes. So he'd written Singing in the rain. He'd written this before... Whiplash. He had, yeah. yeah. And he wanted to get this made desperately. So he'd he, written this he, before 1940 and thought, I'll wait until this <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah. About, he's yeah. about 110. He's 110 years old, yeah. That's really good. So he he is a musician. In fact, he's a drummer, isn't he? Which is where the sort of Whiplash connection yes. comes from. But he always knew he didn't have the talent yeah. to make so it. So he, he has an affinity with musical sort of film. You, have you seen Whiplash? No. So he's made, I think he's made the two films. He's made three films, a guy and Madeline on the park bench or something is the other one. And then there's Grand Piano, La La Land and Whiplash. Yeah, so musical theme, yeah. pretty heavy in his... Where his movies are always front. about the... I just love the way they were both there <laughs> on the, you know... They were both there. They were both there on the road after the dance and they just happened to still be in their cars and then they went off on their separate little ways and then... They weren't actually in the opening dance. They're, I know, they were on the they road, were there. Though. They, they were, were there, there, right? Yeah. So, I mean, so nice. the opening number is foreshadows what happens in the rest of the film, right? Because literally the opening no moments way. of the... Uh, so there's yeah. like extra freaking dimensions. Opening lyrics. Decks to the whole thing. Yeah. Talk about how she left her boyfriend to come and follow her dream. That's literally the first opening like lines Frozen. of the thing. Well, just like what happens in the end of the film. Or Frozen. So you know like in Frozen, yeah, the first song just tells the entire rest of the story. The one about the ice. Yeah. The frozen heart. In, yep. <laughs> in Frozen and in Frozen 2. So if you actually listen to the lyrics, it really just We're not here flat to out that tells the whole story. But okay. saying I love that concept. It's, it's you know, it's depth. Yeah. It's, so oh. they had they had a couple of meetings before they really connected. Yes. And I know watching it with the missus, her favourite scene was the pool party where they finally got to actually talk to each other. Yeah. Um, where he's in the 80s. Where they make him play Iran. An absolute bang. I fucking love that song. It's a good song, yeah. And he looks so out of place and not at all happy with his. Because he's, you know, he's a serious musician. He he considers himself to be an artist. Yeah. And he's having to churn out all this. I did worry when they painted him as this sort of jazz aficionado. Now, I quite like jazz. But there's something undeniably wanky about it's, it's people soft, who... It's a soft J, isn't it? Yaz. You yes. obviously clearly haven't heard jazz, though, have you? <laughs> no one's ever really heard jazz. No, you, you've listened to it, but you it. haven't heard it. Yeah, I, I worried that he would be I'm this worried you didn't really hipster, understand this film properly. This sort of ridiculous hipster character. No, he wasn't. But he wasn't. He was and just, his passion just for his music... music. Yeah. Really, and, and, it, and it, that really came through. I thought the performance was great because when he actually takes that, you can see he was so fucking animated about it. And yeah, like, it's visceral, it's new, it's, it's compromised, it's new, and it's always new. Yeah, and he really got the impression that he was super into it. Yeah, like you lost in translation. Yeah, I am super into that. So there's a there's an amazing scene where they're sort of jousting backwards and forwards about whether or not they're going to date each other. That's mm. set 
in this kind of it looks like Hollywood it's filmed on location in the I can't remember the name of that street but it's really famous the top of the Hollywood Hills and it, but it looks like a painted matte backdrop as well because mm. of the amazing cinematography from Linus Sandgren Sandgren yeah yeah um, who it really just what a legend yeah Linus he got yeah. the Oscar oh, he did thank bloody God. deserved it as well <laughs> No, it was great. The camera, I actually know, the way the camera moved and the direction of this yes. was bang on. And it was very intimate when people were talking. Yep. But it would sweep away because, it, you know, it had to for, for like dance routines or whatever it was. But it did feel like you were, you were always an observer of a film, but you felt like you were actually there. You felt you were with the people, but then when the you camera the steps back and yeah. you get the sort of almost fantasy type elements yeah. of things come in the camera moves in that it's it's great so both both Chazelle's main films La La Land and Whitlash they're concerned with what single-minded creative ambition does to your capacity to succeed and what that also does to your romantic ties and this film especially in the second half really goes into that to to show the sacrifices that artists sometimes have to make in order to stay true to their artistic vision yeah so they they kind of recognize it don't they the characters because they had their falling out and they had yep. their fight and then they took a step back and reconnected but ultimately realized that if either of them were going to be successful they wouldn't be able to sustain a, a relationship yeah she was going off to paris when she for seven months or something like that yeah and he was going to have basically either tour or be working all night because that's what jazz clubs. He wanted about. to run a jazz club, yeah. didn't he? And he did actually have to compromise slightly his artistic vision to go. Yeah, to he did because John he, he overheard, band. didn't he? He overheard the conversation with Mia and her mother. Yeah. And he thought that he was doing the best thing by taking the steady sort of income. Yeah. As opposed to the kind of more, I don't know, haphazard earnings of a jazz musician. Well, he, was, he wasn't earning anything really. Yeah. So stay true to he his artistic that vision. He, if he was going to you know, be successful in the relationship sense, he would have to compromise and still play music, but do it in more of a career yeah. as opposed to a passion. And then that was what caused her to question his motives in terms of, she accused him of, of giving up on his dreams. Yes. And he was, he wanted to say, well, I'm only doing it for you. He never explicitly said He never explicitly says it. Instead, he, he more sort of lashed out, didn't he? He said, well, you only like me when I'm unsuccessful because you feel better about yourself. What a horrible thing to yeah. say. But he was just lashing out and he didn't, you know, I thought the performances were really, really good. Yeah, this film works it was because, great because it wasn't going to be them either. It was going to be Miles Teller, Miles Teller and, and Elizabeth. No, uh, not Elizabeth. I, I agree. I think What's Emma, Emma Watson. Emma Watson. But she yeah. fucked off to do Beauty and the Beast, which was wank. And uh, Miles Teller, you couldn't get it. They couldn't get a contract done. I think mm. Harry Kane was very good, except yeah. he kind of like when he was singing, you could tell that he it wasn't that natural for it. No. I don't think he's a particularly natural singer or dancer, but that he has great. charisma and star power, and so does she. You're talking about Gosling? Yeah. So the scene where they dance on the road... It's brilliant. I thought it was great, and what I really liked about it was they weren't perfect dancers. No. Like that, and that's what made it more believable. Yep. Because it just felt like two people who were enjoying each other's company and expressing themselves, and it was great. But they're really watchable as well. There's something yeah. about both of them, and, and she, especially together. She, this was their third collaboration, as I can't remember their other two movies. But, have you um, ever found yourself sort of syncing up dancing with the missus? Walking down the road. Actually doing it? Or yeah, clicking up your heels. Not really. Putting your spats on, doing a little bit of... No. I did like the wardrobe, and I thought I could smarten up a bit, wear a few three-piece suits, stuff like that. Yeah, you had those sort of two-tone brown and grey. I was going to say as well that Emma Stone, uh, or Mia rather, the character, she actually made the point in the film that she 
wasn't that there were there were other girls' games with editions who were better looking than her and better yeah. than her. And I think it's hard to say this without I know derogatory. There are probably actresses that could have been cast in her role that wouldn't have been right for it because they've been they would have been a bit better looking if that makes any sense. She was a bit more. I she, would say plain Jane, but she's a bit more girl next door. If that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, absolutely. So well, like I, Kevin from Up. So if you cast say like though. I don't know, I'm just thinking like a blonde, like Cameron Diaz or whatever, it wouldn't have been believable. Or Margot Robbie or something yeah, exactly. like some absolute yeah, yeah. like Bonchel. Yeah, it wouldn't be. You're right. She also shows off her absolutely crisp acting chops. That scene where yeah, she's doing the audition, the audition yeah. and she's like crying. It's really moving, mm. and, and then, then she gets interrupted. She gets yeah. completely interrupted. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it was, yeah, it was very good. I think, <laughs> yeah. So a lot of my mates, uh, well, just fellas in general, would probably just say, or at the time that they would Fuck not that. watch this, this is bollocks, this is chick flick, they're not going to see it. I think they need to, well, there's just, there's just a lot of people who just won't watch it. And I think you, you, you would miss out, out yeah. because this is a great story, great performances, great songs, and that, it's got this bittersweet ending where they both achieve their the dreams. Storytelling's just phenomenal, isn't it? Really? They both achieve their dreams, the journeys, that but at the cost of the their love together. And then you get this sort of five minutes sample of yeah. Do you think that what, was both of them thinking about what could have been, or is it just here? I think it's how the story played out in a different reality, in in essence. And yeah. That's but it that it, that's not like, what I happened. Didn't like any fellow. I felt like he's fucking. Well, he was just bland. Nothing. He was meant to be, wasn't he? Yeah. Part of the story. But she was happy. He was happy but they were both still in love she to a certain degree. She had a great strut when she went back into the coffee shop. She was yeah. Like, yeah, I'm the fucking kid now. Yeah. Like that. This was nominated as a res- record. This yeah. Was record Oscar nominations, joint 14 nominations, but only took home six. Yeah. So it took home Gosling, best director, best actress for Emma Stone, best cinematography, yeah. best score, best song, best and production. best production design. I yeah. mean, I like the song so much that I actually decided to try and learn some on the piano. Yeah. Okay. So that I could sing for you. Okay. All right. Um, you, this is me coming. So I thought I'd maybe just sing a bit of quick song to it. Is this it, this is actually really you, is it? Yeah. It's, it's Kerry. Yeah. And then I think I'm going to try singing in a minute. And how have you made your <laughs> piano <laughs> you sound back? like a guitar? <laughs> yeah, I know. Made my piano sound like a guitar. It's phenomenal, isn't it? That is amazing. Here we go. Well, that is that was really something. Thank you. So you Damien remember? Chazelle is the youngest person to ever win Best Director at the okay. the Oscars. He was only thirty four. It won um, for t- for two whole minutes. It was the best film. Yes, yeah, of the year as well. Yeah, when Warren Beatty and well, it was the card. The card, it? no, but it was the same card as the best best actress. Yeah. So it said Emma Stone, La La Land. So Faye Dunaway read out, oh, La La Land. Yeah. And then there must have been people backstage going, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, because it was actually Moonlight. Moonlight like, one no, of the best I've not seen that either. No, that's another one that might go on the uh, Bad Dads. So yeah, this film was great and it got stuck in my head and I loved it and I loved everything about it and the more I think about it, the better it is and I've listened to the soundtrack at work and annoyed everybody by singing dun 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 all the time. Budget? 30 million quid. Sorry, 30 million dollars. made an absolute packet. 446 million dollars. Yeah. A lot. That's a few, isn't it? And then metrics. Yeah. It's going to be off the chart, isn't it? IMDb, eight out of ten. Yeah, 
nothing really gets more than that on IMDb, I don't think. If you look okay. at their top ever, I think they're like, maybe get a couple of nines. Rotten Tomatoes, 91%. Metacritic, 93%. Come on, Google. Google users, this is the first, 85%. The lowest. It's never been below Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic before. Wow. So Google, so definitively proving that Google so I people think have no taste. what we can determine from that is that blokes use Google more. Maybe. Yes, maybe. What do you use, Meg? Um, Met Cricket. Met Cricket. Met Cricket. I am Double G. I don't know. Those ones. All right, I'm just going to ask it. Are you not entertained? Honestly, why the fuck would you watch that that thing? It was awful. <laughs> Uh, Are you being serious? Yeah, no, I didn't enjoy it at all. I was found it actually quite painful to to to, to watch. Your missus, your missus told you off quite a few times. <laughs> For the <time laughs> falling, falling asleep. Yeah, like, concentrate. Will you concentrate? Yeah, it's just like Gus songs. They honestly didn't resonate. Nothing the story, spoke to the you. story you could have, the story you genuinely could have like just predicted a mile off. Um, and I, mean, yeah, well, I don't think a, you could though. And it's a bit of it, and a bit of a sad ending, really. Yeah, yeah. Bittersweet. Bittersweet. John, John, yeah, John Lennon. John Lennon was just a, a random addition as well. Okay. Or legend, whatever he was. John Lennon. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, it wasn't a random addition. Why was he a random? Yeah, John Lennon. Just a, a random cameo, isn't it? It's like no, because he was just going to throw in a bit of, <laughs> anti, a bit of John Legend. He was the anti-jazz, wasn't he? Yeah. Did he, did he write any of the songs? Probably that. Like Hot Wee Wee Jefferson. Riggs, were you not understand? I fucking love this movie. Yeah, me too. Okay, kids TV. The fucking shame. Riggs, what did you submit us to? This? Well, I made us watch, on the recommendation of my youngest, Blippi. Did they watch this? She loves it. Oh Absolutely. Do so you have to watch this regularly? I have only watched it once properly, and that was on Saturday night right, with my it? missus when the kids were in bed. <laughs> yeah, I watched this when my daughter was in bed because I did not want it to be something that she might want to watch. Well, there's no chance of that, I don't think. So it was blippy. My youngest absolutely loves it. I think that's where it's pitched at, sort of two to four-year-olds. It says two to six-year-olds okay. when I looked at it. I think six is way too old. Yeah, can way you, too can old. you tell me a little bit more about... Have you seen it? What do you think? No. Correct. Well done. So Blippi is a YouTube star who, I'm not going to tell you who it is because we're going to do a quiz in a minute. I've got a little quiz for you guys. Uh, But Blippi is basically educational videos. This guy who wears orange glasses and walks in a ridiculous way and tells you about things like how fire trucks work or how to clean a car. Useful. Um, Shapes, colours. The episode we watched was how to clean a car. So, so they didn't even do the fucking so, window. So it was nine minutes. So are they enabling the kids to clean the car, or are they just sort of trying? Well, to the first thing he does is chuck a load of flour and ketchup and mustard at the car, which I thought and hot sauce. That's probably not a good idea to show that to kids. He did say at the end, don't do right it. at the end. Yeah. The creepiest thing about Blippi, of which there are quite a few things that I'll tell you about, but the creepiest thing is that when I asked my youngest what she liked about it, she said Blippi talks to me. He tells me to keep watching my Kindle, which absolutely <laughs> terrified me and the missus. But we realised it's because he does kind of engage with, you know, he's, he says to the people, I'll oh, keep watching, guys, I'm going to do this, that and the other. Uh, in this case, cleaning a car. And I mean, it's not a lot to say about the show. He did just get a car kind of, well, it was fairly well, it clean was to begin with. a fucking shit job of cleaning it, to be fair. You could still see so mustard you, on it. Yeah, yeah. Can, you you tell me, can you tell me a little bit about, is he like happy? Chap. Yeah, it's one of uh, these, no, he's it, it's suicidal. One of these offensively 
like just so chirpy and happy and he walks funny and he's got a stupid voice and, and but this is for two to four year olds i mean yeah, what I are you care. expecting like, he's not well, gonna... something better has he basically just missed a tumble for the next a little generation? bit a bit yeah it's one of those where you watch it and you think i bet he cries every night at, this is what he does for a living yeah. like there's no way you could have friends because everyone would be like goes, I am so imagine if one of us started doing this for a living like they're out I'm not talking to that fucking weirdo anymore so it, I, I hate him I've never seen him in, in this episode Blippi takes the cleanest car shit. I have ever seen it's a big red truck big red truck thing that's so sparkling clean it's like no he had some pretend mud on the one of the fenders but it is ridiculously yeah. clean and then he takes it to a car wash he gives it the full power wash thing but only be... half of it one side and of he it. doesn't fucking do it the windows either the back no what was that about yeah. so these aren't things that the kids could actually do themselves you... well kind of not, but like, I would have said, I would have said right that... we're washing the car first thing we're going to do is do the fucking windows up yeah. yeah I mean recently I did ask my youngest to paint the shed but um <laughs> But it's, you know, showing them the world and there's a bit of counting in episodes and colour recognition and shapes and stuff. I mean, there's not a lot to say about it. But I thought some of the things that I found out when I was researching the background to Blippi. Where's he from? Is that a question you've got? Uh, I he, have and why is he called Blippi? Because this, this was all paid in dollars at the car wash. Yes, it is American. So it is, he is a Yang. Yeah. Now, interestingly, when you said why is he called Blippi, so... Actually, this guy is a bit of a... Um, Pedo. <laughs> uh, amazing at branding. He told... He went through 800 different name variations, placing together random sounds with a careful mixture of consonants and vowels. He knew that children speak from the front of their mouths first, so he spent days pronouncing strange word combinations over and over again, and then doing bulk domain searches to make sure that... So he did loads of research before he came up with Blippi. Let's, find, let's delve into Blippi a bit more. Because I think some of the things I'm going to bring up in the quiz are going to be interesting talking points. Okay, a bit okay. Not much going so this there, is but... the Blippi quiz. It's multiple choice. Blippi is the orange glasses wearing, silly walking man-child alter ego <laughs> of a 30-year-old former US Air Force serviceman, Stephen John, 30-year-old San Franciscan lifeguard attendant, Marco Polo, no. or 28-year-old Canadian <laughs> postdoctorate student, Dennis Weaver. Over the weave. Marco Polo. It is actually 30-year-old former US Air Force serviceman, Stephen John. Well done, Stephen well, John. He's got two first names, <clears throat> so he's an idiot. Blippi is, of course, the <laughs> prolific self-starting children's personality and yeah. YouTube sensation Stephen John, former US Air Force serviceman. But just how popular is Blippi? Blippi has... So a, more than 1.9 million YouTube subscribers, approximately 5 million monthly views and almost 4.5 million total views worldwide. More B, that, more than 10.9 million YouTube subscribers, approximately 50 million in monthly views and almost 450 million total views worldwide. Or C, more than 19 million YouTube subscribers, approximately 500 million monthly views and almost 4.5 billion total views worldwide. I B. hope not. I would B. say B. Uh, it's C. He has more than four and a half billion total views worldwide, yeah. all contributing to Blippi's total estimated net worth in excess of $20 million, Fuck off. generating over $50,000 per day from advertising revenue on YouTube alone. What a... bubbles. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. And it's budget stuff, right? I mean, this Must is like a guy... Must cost like, like 20 quid to make one of those episodes. Exactly. <laughs> 
Me going to see is fucking let's, awful. Let's now, it. this is where it gets really interesting. So, Blippi may seem wholesome, but he began life as something much, much worse. Prior to becoming Blippi, John was A. Pedo. Abstract modern artist Ralph Rogoff, who once sold a sculpture titled Marriage for over half a million dollars, which was an installation of two urinals with interlinked pipes meant to satirize how Western societies continue to treat homosexuality as something dirty, secretive, and illicit, despite the introduction of gay marriage to many Western countries. (laughs) B. Gross-out viral video star Steezy Grossman, who once filmed himself standing sideways on top of a toilet seat, (laughs) fully nude, except for a bicycle helmet and sunglasses, taking a shit on his friend, who is also fully nude except for goggles and a swimming cap. Now officially the longest answer. an e-gaming star nicknamed Christopher Saurus Rex, who was once retroactively (laughs) disqualified from a major League of Legends tournament when it became clear he'd staked $100 on himself to lose, returning a frankly paltry $322. Hey. C. It's actually B. (laughs) Viral video star Steezy Grossman. This is true. He filmed himself taking a shit completely nude on his mate. Have you got it? uh, There is a link. We can find it. (laughs) Seriously, I can find it. So this is where it's quite crazy. Yeah. Uh, and then final question. What about that YouTube related content, you know, and you sort of flow through the search the sidebar. Yeah, no, he hasn't linked it on his Blippi no. channel. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. Blippi continues to attract controversy. His latest live show produced the following scandal. A, he was caught backstage in a tryst with several of his many Blippi groupies following a live show. B, or he was filmed yours. smoking. <laughs> no, the mums. <laughs> All right. He was filmed smoking cannabis after a show in Colorado, one of the decriminalized states. Or C, upon announcing a national tour that ensured hassled parents flocked to purchase tickets and even paid extra for meet and greets, it turned out that the real Blippi wasn't going to be on tour at all and an imposter was to take his place. It's C. A. It's C. It is C. It was an imposter. But there is a load of Reddit groupies, mums out there who all think Blippi is like hot stuff and fantasize about doing things that you wouldn't film and put on YouTube. It just creeps me out. I felt assaulted watching it. It was so creepy. The way he fucking walks at the camera. Yeah. Like the walking Bob. is ridiculous. It's like Bob from Twin Peaks. <laughs> yes. It's awful. I don't know. And Good the thing quiz. Is, Good quiz. Thank you. Thank you. I did think quite hard about some of the questions, actually. We've both yeah. done a quiz, Mig. You need, to, you need to get a quiz for next week. No, I did. Would you rather? Technically. You read that, you read that off the internet. Yeah, it doesn't count. I, I think the thing that really bothers me is that it's like all of these children's presented people. Like, where do they get their energy from? I think it's like the souls of orphans. Well, what are the evenings like? like? That's what I think. Yeah. Job satisfaction and sitting around, like, what did I do today? Fucking walk like a twat. And yeah, but he counts his $20 million. Yeah, but he probably does it all in like a couple of days, doesn't he? So you- he actually is reasonably interesting because when you look him up, he actually does quite a lot of work to make sure that his videos actually are doing some educational benefit, that they subscribe to the main teaching key stage stuff, but all that stuff's much more boring than the shitting on his mate. Yeah. So are we going to do... Okay, yeah. So, Sidey, let's start with you. Meg, were you entertained by the thing you didn't watch? Yeah, I loved it. Okay, Sidey? No, fucking hell no. This is the worst yet. Yeah, it's a solid no from me. Okay. I'm going to disown my child. Don't blame me. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Come back next week. It's Meek's choice, I think. Yeah. Do you know what you're going to choose? I don't. No, but I'm, I'm going to enjoy. I'm going to enjoy finding something. But you, cho- you choose well normally. Yeah, you have chosen well, apart from Six Underground. No, it was all right. 
You love Six Underground. I so did. Rush, Six Underground, hit us up with something else. And the kids thing, do you know what you're going to choose for that? Nope. Nope. And I know what the top five is that I'm going to push for. So thanks everyone for listening. Please do subscribe to our stuff, share, leave us reviews, all that sort of thing. Talk to us. And to hit us up on the old social medias. We're, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>